Welcome to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about creative people leveraging their brilliance to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast. Hey, Brilliant Squad. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance. If you are new here, welcome. I'm your host, Monique Malcolm. And the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast is a show for side hustlers, creative entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, pretty much anyone who is looking to create their own opportunities and make money by leveraging their ideas, their talents, and their skills. This is episode number 77. And if you want to find show notes, you can find them at pimpyourbrilliance.com backslash 77. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to let you guys know about a new challenge I have for you. So it's going to be kicking off January 20th. And here's the thing. I get asked so many questions about productivity. How do I become more productive? What are your favorite productivity hacks? I can teach you all the hacks in the world. But one thing that I have realized is that if you want to feel productive, you have to produce something when you sit down to work. And the problem that I have found most creative entrepreneurs run into is not knowing what they should be working on and when they should be working on it. They sit down to do work, they do all of the things, and after a few hours, they have nothing to show for it. And that makes you feel like you're not being productive in the times that you have allotted for your work. This is why you need to implement a project management system in your business, even if you are a solo business. That doesn't matter. And I'm going to show you how to do that in the Pimp Your Productivity Challenge. Over the course of five days, I'm going to be helping you get a handle on the various tasks your business requires to function get your processes locked down, and get your system up and running. So again, this challenge kicks off January 20th. If you are listening to this, the challenge will be evergreen. So if you're listening to this like months after this show um, airs, it'll be evergreen. But for those of you who want to register, you can do that by visiting pimpyourbrilliance.com backslash productive. And I hope you sign up because I have been thinking and dreaming of this challenge for months and I finally have gotten it together and I've worked on the material. And honestly, I'm like, uh, I would totally take this challenge if I didn't already know these things. So I hope you sign up. Okay, so are you feeling those New Year, New Me vibes yet? At the time that you are hearing this recording, it will be January 1st. And even though I took a holiday break and I've been away for about a month and a half, I really, really want to make sure that I had an episode ready for you the first of the year, and particularly about having the best year ever. That's really the topic of today's episode is how to have your best year ever. And I know the beginning of the year, a lot of us are feeling those new year, new me vibes. There's always somebody sassy that's like, oh, those new year, new me people showing up, those new New Year's resolution people showing up in the gym. And I'm just like, screw all that negativity. Why are we not thinking about how we can have our best year ever? And I've given this a lot of thought over the past month and a half. Like, what would it take to have my best year ever? What would I need to do? What would I need to commit to? And I started jotting down a few notes and I have about eight tips. They're not steps. They're tips. They're things that I think you should either think about or they're things that you actually need to be doing in order to have the best year ever, whatever that is for you. And as we go into 
2020, a brand new decade, I am really thinking a lot about what I'm going to do to make sure that I am living up to my own expectations this year, what I want to work on, what projects I want to see come forward, like all of these things. And so I want to give you guys a few gems, some things to think about, some things to implement in your businesses, in your creative lives to help you have the best year ever. Because I want you to come back a year from now and tweet me or send me a message on Instagram and be like, you were right. I totally did those things and I had the best year ever. So let's let's get into it. So my first thing, the very first thing I think you need to do and the very first thing that I am doing to make sure I have the best year ever is defining it. Asking myself the question, what does a best year look like to me? And this goes beyond just achieving certain goals. It's a reflection of your overall quality of life during the year. So how does that look? How does this year look for you? How do you feel? What are you spending your time on? How are you growing personally? I think that's a really important thing to think about is growth. I think in order to have a best year, a best anything, there has to be a level of growth. So how are you growing personally? Who are you connecting with? So are you networking your butt off? Are you meeting new people? Are you going new places? And on the same token, um, you know, people talk a lot about purpose and impact. And I, I personally believe that in order to fully operate in your purpose, you have to be in service of others. So what kind of impact did you make? If you were reflecting back on this best year ever that you just completed, what was the impact that you made this year? And I want to be clear, there's not just one way to measure a best year. But the beautiful thing is you get to determine your own parameters and your checkpoints and the op- the operative word there is get to. You get to. You don't have to. You don't need to. You are fortunate enough to get to determine the parameters. And so I feel like that's really, really empowering knowing that at the onset of this, before the year really ramps up, you get to determine what it is that you want to do and how you want to show up and in what ways. And those are the measuring sticks for you. So that's number one, defining it. My second thing is setting your goals. And you guys, if you've listened to this show for a while, you should know that I am not going to skip over the goal setting piece because I am a big fan of setting goals. And they don't always have to be big jumbo goals that are going to make you a million dollars in a year. But you do need to have some goals. You do need to know what you are aiming towards. So what goals do you want to achieve during your best year? What things, if you focused and worked really hard, would make you feel like you were living your best year? And be honest and and get clear about, get quiet and figure out what those things are for you. Maybe pick a few areas of your life that you really want to zoom in on and improve your health, your finances, your business, family. It can be spiritual, personal development, and then set your goals around those things. Once you've done that, make sure you write down your goals because statistics and studies have shown time and time again that you are more likely to achieve your goals if you've actually written them down somewhere. They don't just live in your mind. And then once you have them written down, 
or, or even type them up somewhere, print them out, stick them on your mirror, make them a screensaver on your phone, put them on the wall of your office, do whatever you need to do, stick them on your computer, but make sure you keep those goals front and center. You want to make sure that you are staying focused on what it is that you're actually trying to achieve. And I usually get the question, well, how many goals is too many goals? I don't know. I cannot say definitively for you how many goals is too many goals because I don't know your resources, your level of ambition. There's so many things that go into that, but a rule of thumb, and this is what I created the visionary journal around, um, to track 12 goals in a year. So I think of the different areas of your life as focus areas, pick six focus areas, and then up to two goals in each of those buckets. And you can work on those throughout the year. And you don't have to set them all right now. You can have a few goals to start. And as the year evolves, maybe there's things that have come up that you weren't considering at the beginning of the year, but you're considering it then. So you feel free to add on to it. Or if something doesn't feel right, feel free to take it off. There's flexibility here. It doesn't just have to be one way. But I do want to encourage you to set some goals, have something that you're aiming towards And once you have your goals set, of course, you need a plan. So that's my third thing. Create a plan. Bonus points if the foundations of this plan are based on habits. Because I feel like sometimes with our goals, we get off track because we just don't maintain the momentum and the motivation because it wanes over time. But if your goals are largely based around habits, things that you do automatically, then you are more likely to achieve it. But here's the thing. If your goal is the destination, then your plan is what you need to get there. And that's how you need to think about your plan. So I like to think about our goals being, let's say, a specific place. So let's say you want to go to Iceland. Awesome. It's a beautiful country and a lot of fun. So if if your goal is to go to Iceland that's your destination, your, you need to create a plan. How are you going to get to Iceland? If you are stateside, then you know there's probably some kind of a plane trip involved. Maybe you need to get a passport. Maybe you need to buy plane tickets. Maybe you need some travel gear. Maybe you need cold weather gear. Like There's so many things that go into it. So it's the same thing with creating a plan. Sitting down, thinking about what the goal is, and what are all the things that you need to do or that you think you might need to do to make that goal happen. You can do a big brainstorm for this. I love doing mind mapping for these types of things. So in this instance, if we were thinking about a destination, I would put Iceland in the center of my page with a circle around it and then branching off from Iceland, maybe different categories for things. So I would have a category for travel arrangements and maybe something for activities to do while we're there. I could also have a branch off for travel gear that I need. Um, Like, I don't want legal is not the right word, but like, you know, passports, requirements for that kind of thing. So uh, just making a plan and writing the plan down and, and, and really giving yourself some checkpoints, which rolls into my fourth thing, which is putting up a system into place to track your progress. So number three is create a plan. Number four, put a system in place to track your progress. And that's the purpose of this challenge that I was telling you guys about at the beginning of this episode. 
the Pamper Your Productivity Challenge, but you need a system. doesn't matter if you're a solopreneur. It doesn't matter if it's on paper or digital or a combination of both, but you need to find a system that you are willing to commit to and make using it a part of your regular routine, especially as a creative business owner. It's even more important if you are a content creator. And let's face it, at this point, pretty much all of us are content creators, even if we're not podcasters, even if we're not blogging yet, even if we're not creating YouTubes. Are you creating tweets? Are you creating Instagram posts? Are you creating videos on TikTok? You know, whatever uh, social network you're using, are you pinning things? If you are doing those types of activities, you are a content creator. You're responsible for putting out content at regular intervals. And so you should have a system in place. And your system should, one, help you understand big picture all the current projects you have open that are pending are not completed. A system two should help you determine what you should be working on day to day because you should already have that all planned and mapped out, broken down. And then it should tell you when you need to be doing it. If you are a podcaster like myself, of course, I need to put out podcasts at regular intervals. But you know what is not working and what really sucks? Recording podcasts on the day that the podcast is supposed to go live. So my shows are supposed to go live on Wednesdays at 5 a.m. Eastern time. It sucks to be recording a podcast at on Wednesday at 8 a.m. Eastern time because not only did I miss the deadline, I am now behind. So a good system should be able to help you keep track of where you are in the process of creating whatever content you're creating, whatever projects you're working on, courses, any of those things. And so you really need to think about what kind of a system is going to work best for you. There's lots of options. I would suggest if you're starting out to look at Asana. If you want something um, that's a little, it's not more complicated, but a bit more feature rich and at a lower price overall, ClickUp is a good option. That's what I'm currently using, but I've used Asana for years. It's free. It's a really, really good place to start. And so I would suggest that you look into something like that. There's also other things like Trello, but uh, while I loved some of the functionality of Trello, it was really pretty the way that you could customize it to like your personality. Uh, the Functionally, it didn't work as well for me. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a choice and preference thing and really the way that you work. But if you have no clue what I'm talking about, you know nothing about systems, but you're interested in getting something set up and, and starting that, definitely sign up for my challenge. You will find sign up details at pimpyourbrilliance.com backslash productive. So that's number four, putting a system in place to track your progress. And here's the thing about that. When you are tracking your progress, we're talking about not only knowing where you are in the the whole map of the project, but like, are you on track? <laughs> what do you need to do to get back on track? Are you just completely like, is this project going all the way off the rails? And if you have any type of help that you're bringing in, some type of virtual assistant, an intern, a sister, a cousin, whatever you have, they are able to jump in and help you or figure out where they can help because all of the things are mapped out in your system. When you're relying on 
sitting down and working through your to-do list, a lot of times those things on your to-do list are not the most important work that needs to be happening at that given time. So having a system in place really just helps you track your progress and it ultimately helps you get more things done because you're focused and working on the things that are going to move the needle the most and not just issues that popped up in the last 24 hours, which is what tends to be on our to-do list. Okay, so moving on to number five, and this one is a big one. Hold yourself accountable. If you're going to have your best year yet, your best year ever, you really have to hold yourself accountable. And so after you have put your system in place, you need to, one, not only use it, but establish some type of routine that that makes you sit down and review where you're at. And then you need to be honest with yourself about why certain things are not getting done if they're not getting done. You need to celebrate yourself if you are moving right along according to schedule and doing an amazing job. Pat yourself on the back. Buy yourself your favorite drink. Have a cupcake. Do an extra workout if that's your thing. Whatever it is, reward yourself. But I think just holding yourself accountable and and really understanding that for personal projects, for our business projects for our personal goals, there's nobody looking over our shoulders, keeping us accountable. When you're in school, when you work a corporate job or like a a nine to five job where you have a manager or a boss, somebody to report to, there's somebody always looking over your shoulder, trying to make sure like, did you do the thing that we told you to do? But when it's just on you, when there are things that you want to achieve personally, when they are related to your business, and you're the boss, there is no one checking up to see if you did that thing. So one, you have to hold yourself accountable. And a really good way to do that is to have your system because you can check and see, are you doing the things that you said you're going to do? Another thing that you can try is to find an accountability buddy. And I have found a lot of success with that. I've shared my accountability buddies with you guys. Um, Siobhan of Be Free Project, she's been on the show several times. She's one of my accountability buddies. Krista David, She's also been on the show several times. She's one of my accountability buddies, Miss Amber Wright. She's been on here several times as well. They all keep me accountable. And you can work with your accountability buddies in various ways. You can have regular meetings once a month, twice a month, weekly, however you want to set it up. You can check in via text message. You can check in via apps like Voxer, which is like a walkie-talkie app, or even Marco Polo, which is like a video chat app. There's so many ways that you can work with an accountability buddy. Right now, I am working with Alicia Nicole of Living Over Existing. We are both writing books, and so she's my book accountability buddy, and we meet weekly. And it's really simple, like to set up your your meeting parameters. We meet weekly, and we try to focus on two things. One, what did we do in the last week towards our books? And then also, we're also working on building our platforms individually. So increasing our visibility and our reach. So that's another big thing. It's like, what did you do to move that forward? And it's it's as simple as that. And we meet every week. It's a lot of fun. I get to see her cute little baby girl because we meet on video. And that's one of the ways that I'm holding myself accountable to getting this book that I am writing written. So Definitely figure out how to hold yourself accountable. And if you feel like you don't trust yourself to just do it yourself, 
bring in some reinforcements. I think it's a great thing to have someone else call you up and say, did you do that thing? And if you say no, like they call you out and say, well, you said you were going to do it. What's the problem? So definitely figure out how you can add more accountability into your life. Number six, this is one that I thought a lot about, but I think that it's, I think that it works. Work with your natural tendencies. Stop trying to fit the square pegs of your life into the round holes of someone else's systems. And here's what I mean by that. I know that whenever I am trying something new or trying to understand something, it's very helpful to see how someone else does something. So I'm going to use the example of meal prepping. It's really helpful to read blog posts and listen to podcasts and watch YouTube videos about how other people are meal prepping and getting a, like a sense of what are they using? What are some of the shortcuts they're doing? What kind of tools are they using to like make this food in bulk? But ultimately, you have to figure out what works best for you and what works with your natural tendency. So um, taking whatever it is that they're doing and making it fit for your life. So using the example of meal prepping and meal planning, one thing that I know about myself I don't mind meal planning breakfast and I'll essentially eat the same breakfast every single morning and I can meal pepper breakfast and I'll eat it and it'll be fine. Where I struggle is with lunch (laughs) because I just, I don't know, for me, I I want a lunch that's warm and tasty and there's just all these things. I know that they're only in my mind, but instead of meal prepping for myself a whole week's worth of lunch, that has not worked for me because I'll meal prep it. And by Wednesday, I'm not eating it anymore. Like I'm just like uh, on the way home from from picking up my son from school, I'm going to get sushi or I'm going to the Thai place and getting fried rice. <laughs> but I don't want to do that because I have goals. So what I'm doing instead is working towards my natural tendencies. So I know I'm not going to eat the same lunch all week long and I don't know, in the middle of the week, the food that I've meal prepped on Sunday just starts to taste weird, doesn't look right, and all of these things throw me off. So prepping just three meals at a time, yeah, I have to stick in like an extra day of prepping and cooking, but I don't mind that because then I can switch up whatever the meal is for the midweek and that food is fresher and it tastes better and I just have more success. So work with your natural tendencies. It's really great to get examples of how other people are doing these things and then taking those examples and how they're doing it and figuring out like where where are you on this spectrum? Like are you want to follow this system super rigid exactly the way that person did it or do you want to adapt it to things that are going to work better for you so that you have more success? And I think working with your natural tendencies is going to give you more success. So if you're a person who feels like you love, you don't care about eating the same thing every day and you really like the convenience of cooking one time and eating for the rest of the week, meal prep like those people on YouTube. If you need something in between, like adjust it to work for you. And don't worry about it. If it works for you, it works for you. And that's all that really matters. Number seven And I think this one is really key for creative entrepreneurs, especially if you are new and your budget is tighter. Make smart investments in yourself. 
Specifically, stop acquiring knowledge and start applying it. So no more buying courses and ebooks and memberships and whatever's for sale if you're not planning to implement that information in the next 90 days. That's I want that to be the cutoff. Like if you're going to plan your year 90 days at a time, then you should have an idea of what you need to learn to reach your goal in the next 90 days. So if you're going to invest in some type of course or anything, information product, make it be something that you're going to implement in the next 90 days. If it's longer than 90 days, you don't need it yet. The timeline's too far out. Leave it where it is. Don't get caught up in those fast action, limited time offers. Just don't do it. Because I know personally I've done this and I know everybody does this. It's not even just a some people thing. We all do this. Just hoarding information and acquiring information and then doing nothing with it. And that's pointless. (laughs) If you're not, if you don't have a plan or a way to implement that knowledge in about three months, then you don't need it yet. You can wait. There will be something else on the market. It'll probably be fresher and newer and more updated and you'll get it then. But save your money. Be, be smart with your investments and just invest in things that you need right now. And then my final thing about having your best year ever is to dump perfection for performance. And I think this is about giving yourself some grace. It doesn't need to be perfect. The year doesn't need to be perfect. The thing that you want to launch does not need to be perfect. What you're doing, if you want to lose weight, you don't have to be perfect with your meal prepping. But are you able, are you performing? Are you still moving forward? Are you still making progress? That's what you need to be looking at. Not these artificial inflated ways of checking performance. Don't let perfection be the thing that blocks you and stops you from living the life that you want to live in this coming year. Perform, produce, make progress. Make sure that you are continually doing something every day that's getting you closer to what you want. And don't worry about if sometimes it's ugly in the process. Sometimes it will be. Sometimes, you know, you'll nail it and sometimes you won't. But either way, as long as you're moving forward, that's all that really matters. So dump perfection, break up with perfection and focus on performing, on moving forward, taking the baby steps and and continuing to go to the place that you're trying to get. And that's really it. So to recap our, oh, it's eight, eight things. So my first, like I said, define it, define what your best year looks like for you. And use those to determine your parameters and your checkpoints. Set some goals. So just figure out what you're aiming for. Pick a couple of things to focus on and write them down and make sure you keep them front and center somewhere that you see them all the time. So you don't forget what you're working on. Put them in your system (laughs) once you get that established. Number three, create a plan and just work that plan. So figure out what you need to get there and do those things. Four, put a system in place to track your progress. Paper, digital, doesn't matter. Just commit to a system and doing regular progress reviews in that system. Holding yourself accountable, whether it's with your system or with an accountability buddy 
Just make sure that you're doing whatever you need to do to be accountable to what you said you're going to do. Work with your natural tendencies. So stop trying to fight how you are naturally and trying to um, imitate somebody else's system. Figure out how to make that system fit the way that you are. Making smart investments in yourself. No more buying courses and letting them die in the digital dungeon of your computer. Okay? Implement the information that you are purchasing or else don't buy it. And then finally, number eight, dump perfection for performance because as long as you are moving forward, then that's all that really matters. And that's it. That is how I am planning to have my best year ever in 2020. This is how I want you to start thinking about having your best year ever in 2020. And mostly, I just want you to go out there to show up, to show out, to stop letting fear have all the fun, to stop getting caught up in comparison, to stop letting things that you feel you don't have stop you from starting. Just start. I promise you don't have to know the full game plan right now. It's enough to know the next three steps. Shoot, it's enough to know just the very next move. You don't have to know all of the things right now for this to work, but trust and believe that it will work. Be intentional. Set your intentions every day. Build some new habits that are going to help you continue to be the best version of yourself. And I just want to wish you the best year ever. Honestly, that's what I want for you. I want this to be a year full of abundance and everything that you want and all the things that you don't even know that you need yet. That's what I want for you. So there you have it. I have one special request, though, before we sign off. Um, If you know someone who would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. Sharing is caring, and it also helps me in the back end with growing the show. So I appreciate that. And you guys, until next time, go out there and pimp your brilliance.